I'm going to wrap it up and just say something to all the new up and coming dreamers and artists that are in the room tonight. I want to let you know that there is a, a definitive blueprint that you can follow to achieve success, prosperity, longevity, and peace of mind. It's a blueprint. And I followed it my whole career. It's very simple. There's three things you do. just do these three things. Pay your taxes, <laughs> mind your business, and keep Will Smith's wife's name out your <laughs> mouth. by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on Like we always do about this time. Boom. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 321 of the Art and Jacobu America podcast. I am your host in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. And sitting right across from me is the brown recluse, Mr. Art Trail. Art, say hello to the millions. The millions. What the fuck is going on? Guys, uh, go to kmancoffee.com. Check out their entire inventory. They got the coffee beans. They got the hibiscus tea. They got the cacao butter. They got everything your heart desires. Guys, use promo code AMERICA at checkout to receive 15% off that total purchase. Um, tell them your boys, Art and Jacob sent you. Take a picture of yourself fucking drinking, drinking the hibiscus tea, drinking the fucking nitro cold brew, wearing your fucking caveman coffee hat with the cool backward CC thing <laughs> on it. Um, that's it. You can take a picture of yourself. We appreciate it. They appreciate it. Again, Art uh, sorry, promo code, code America. <laughs> sorry, I blanked out there. I need some caveman coffee. He was so busy this 4th of July celebrating our nation's birth that he forgot how to yeah, say yeah. it. Sorry. Uh, promo code America. Check out. <laughs> and speaking of sponsors, guys, I need everyone to head on over to SucreApparel.com, where the great and powerful Nicole Smith Bosch has put together an illustrious array of merchandise for your consumption pleasure. So head on over to the store. Buy everything that you want, love, or desire. Put it in your cart. Save it for another time as your financial situation allows it. Uh, but before you press checkout, damn, my fortunes are like, I'm all fucked up too. Uh, but before you hit checkout, guys, and everyone enter promo code ART and Jacob, and Nicole will give you 10% off your entire purchase. But ART. We're not here to talk about the 4th of July or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking throwing up gang signs for fucking caveman coffee yeah. or 
fucking the great and powerful Nicole Smith Bosch's illustrious array of merchandise for our consumption pleasure art what are we here to talk about today guys we're here to talk about our our personal top 10 favorite comedians of all time so this is not a consensus this is what we agree upon this is not what the fucking <laughs> national liberal media um <laughs> says is the most thing whatever i'm sure if you i'm sure you can google that list or whatever of like top 10 best comedians of all time yeah right? it just it's, it's gonna be richard Pryor and the podcast boom yeah, it's know? like a bunch of fucking like weirdos on there Who's richard like? Pryor, tig Notaro, and then that's it no, i'm just kidding no, it's a you know you could do that but these are our personal favorites you know this is people that jacob listens to people that i listen to people that i've enjoyed their style of comedy you know like hopefully in in a perfect dream scenario like if you like our podcast you can hear their influence influence in their in in who we are in, as individuals because i'm sure our lists are going to be different that's a good um, way to look at it yeah but uh but yeah definitely for me these are definitely 10 people that i really admire no, now look, is this just ten stand up? Because my, I mean, our lists are probably going to differentiate. No, no, no. We, are they going to be stand ups or just funny comedic so, actors or just funny podcasters or so for Jim me, from the Office? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no. So for me, it's like, um, I think for me personally, there's nothing harder than doing stand up. Like stand, like good stand up is. There's nothing fucking harder than doing that mm -hmm. because it's like not every room is going to be the same and everything you know like it's it's the toughest thing it's not for everybody not everybody's fucking seven feet tall dude not everybody can you know <laughs> you like can't teach that there's only one shaquille o'neal for a reason you know like that's to me that's why it's so hard because like i i might work harder than shaquille o'neal to be the best center ever but physically like it's it ain't not gonna and it's not gonna happen and to me that's what it is these to me stand up took the most like you know like consideration like that was the big bulk of it because that is the hardest thing where it's it's not for everybody not everyone can do it and then there's other things like either i they've done like sketch comedy or podcasting or whatever it may be or maybe a combination of multiple things correct yeah where i feel like they're consistently really funny um, and I took all of those things into consideration, but to me, stand up was the biggest one. Like what the they do, weight. yeah, like because that to me is the hardest thing to do. Like it, it doesn't get harder than doing stand up. You're literally I, naked up there. Because I'm glad you said that because like that's how I kind of compiled my list as well. Where it's just like okay, like at first you just want to put all the stand up comedians on there, but then it's like you got someone like a Steve Carell, right? I've, I don't even know if he's ever done stand-up. I know he's like an improv actor. Yeah. And I mean, to, in my opinion, the best comedic sitcom of all time is The Office. Now, all, that's like a combination of, you know, dry wit and whatnot, right? But like, there's so many funny people on there and I can't think of any one person on there that actually did stand-up comedy on The Office except for Patrice O'Neill. And he would he just play like a background character like in the warehouse kind of thing, yeah. you know. And so it's just like all those guys are funny, but they didn't really make my list because they didn't do stand up. So it's not to shun fucking Steve Carell or Rain Wilson or you know yeah. Pam Beasley, but <laughs> you know yeah, it's just yeah. because it's just like I need a spectrum of you know comedic talent, you know, to be on my list. Yeah, no. So same here. I mean, stand up to me again was the biggest 
thing. Like, what what can you do stand up wise? But uh, everything, uh, everybody, for the most part, at least in my list, has done movies or something or like it's not like they've only done stand up. Yeah, and it's hard to only do stand up, but. I think everyone on my list has done stand up. So yeah. It's not like they they're not they're no strangers to danger. Yeah. So before we get into like our lists and then honorable mentions and whatnot, I kinda threw this out here like two minutes <laughs> before we started recording. Yeah. But in your opinion, who do you feel like are some of are comedians that you don't find I don't want to say overrated, but I'm gonna say overrated, but like a lot of people find funny that you just don't find funny. Um, I mean, I, uh, I think the the most obvious to me, I, there's probably, I don't even consider him a comedian, but Joe Rogan to me is like the biggest name out there. I, I think his podcast is the best thing he does. You know, when he has a good guest on, he has good conversations, but I don't even consider that a comedy podcast. Like mm-hmm. I think his stand up comedy is I don't want to say awful, but it's below average. It's almost borderline, like, you know, open mic night at whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever the open mic. Like, I've seen open micers be. I've seen, I seen him do comedy and seen, um, who was his opening act? Oh, uh, Tony Hinchcliffe. Tony Hinchcliffe, like, slay him before he, like, Tony, Tony went up there and did what a real comedian does. And then he goes up there with, like, way more years of experience and, shows you why Tony Hinchcliffe is a Shaquille O'Neal and he is a guy that should be playing the G League. <laughs> like to me that's really what it is to yeah. me. Like you it's one of the things that you you just know when it's there and you know when it's not there. Mm-hmm. And and he's he's one of the guys that's just not there. Um in my opinion. Um and I'm trying to think who else is uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a there's a bunch of I, I mentioned all those guys like the L.A. comedy scene. I think is, is surrounded by guys who live on their fucking name more than who their their actual comedy is. Um, and I I don't I'm not a fan of that. You mentioned Bobby Lee. We might have different opinions on Bobby Lee. I don't I don't like his comedy. I think he's horrible in, in stand up scenarios. I. Uh, granted, I don't listen to his podcast. He has a uh, Tiger Belly, right? And Tiger I, I, Belly. I've and seen bad little, seen little like clips of Pod Belly or or whatever <laughs> Tiger, Tiger Belly. <laughs> I've seen little clips on it, and like it just it does nothing for me. Okay. So like you know, he's another one of those comedians. That just I just and LA I feel like comedy in the g- in general, I guess, does nothing for me. And I can personally say, like, I've never honestly seen a full set of Bobby. Lee. I've seen bits and. Cl- bits and pieces of his comedy, stand-up comedy, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. But for me, like, again, to go back to, like, the Steve Carell comparison, like, I love his podcast. Any podcast that he's been a part of, I love his personality as a funny person. He doesn't make my list or honorable mentions just because it's like I haven't seen enough of him, you know? he's, He's been in movies. He's never recorded a special. Like, that's his big thing and whatnot. Um, but I do love his podcast. Did he make my list? No. Is Do I think he's overrated? No. But he's somebody that I do enjoy. He's just, this will probably be the last time we talk about him kind of thing. Um, for me, um, and again, this is probably where I'm going to get nailed to the wall or whatever, but it just had to be said because as I was telling Art when I was compiling my list, just to make sure that I didn't leave anyone off, um, you know, I would come across names, you know, that would be like, oh, he's the fourth best comedian out there or whatever. And I'd be like, really? Like, I don't really find him funny or, 
you know, find this person particularly great, or I've never thought this person is great, and he gets $10 million per episode of his uh, fucking TV show or whatever, right? Um, so just to, to run through a few names that I don't really find funny, but a lot of people find hilarious. Uh, right off the top, Tim Dillon. A lot of people fucking throw his name out there. I think he's not funny on podcast. His stand-up is very average, in my opinion. Uh, his political yeah. views are really weird, considering like he's a gay man. Who's uh, the dude that uh, that Ross really likes? Oh, Chris D'Elia? Chris D'Elia. Like, that's another dude that, like, when we were preparing for that episode, I watched a bunch of Chris D'Elia stuff, mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, this is not funny, dude. This is, like, literally, like, dudes, like, the borderline, like, 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 this is the most pro-cancel culture I've ever been, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this shit sucks kind of thing. And with him, like, like, I agree. Like, I'm not a fan of his Chris D'Elia stand-up, but on podcasts, he's fucking hilarious, you know, but doesn't make my list or honorable mention because I think you got to me, you got to bring a little bit more than that. Uh, another guy like kind of the opposite of a Tim Dillon, I guess you could say is like a Trevor Noah. Like I don't find him funny at all. Mm-hmm. I did like some of his stuff. Like he would say, you know, during COVID times or whatever, like on mm-hmm. the daily show, which, you know, a team of writers probably came up with, but I saw his standup special and I was like, man, this is some of the most boring shit ever. And then that goes into like other boring shit or it's just like Dane cook, that yeah. is like the most vanilla shit like I have ever heard. He was really popular for a minute. Yeah, yeah and I didn't never understood why. And then it goes into another boring act that like was making like all time top ten lists like above like heavy hitters like Eddie Murphy and like even Sarah being put above fucking Richard Pryor was like Tig Notaro and I was like, What? Like what no. Like yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then um another big one that I've never thought was funny and even eclipses Dane Cook with with what like I don't understand how you're so popular is Jerry Seinfeld, who I've <laughs> never thought was funny. Yeah, His show's yeah. not funny. Like it's just I it just does nothing for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know he's kind of like the original stereotypical stand-up comedian from like the '90s. Like he embodies a lot of that. Like, and I, I, I didn't even know he did stand-up. I I knew Seinfeld the show which always felt like to me like that show that I kind of avoided when I was a kid where I was like, oh, here it comes, you know. Uh, yeah, it was like, as I've gotten older, I don't mind it as much. Like, I don't hate it. It's not like Friends. Like, I fucking hate Friends and that sort of thing. But, like, um, but it's still, like, kind of, like, very stereotypical, like, white suburbs, like, you know, kind of people. Safe like, the Prius driving, like fucking starbucks panera the da- bread the dad from fucking uncle buck listens to jerry seinfeld yeah it's yeah. it's that sort of thing which is not bad i mean everybody has their audience you know like the redneck comedy tour guys or whatever like oh, yeah larry cable guy yeah like larry the cable guy all those guys the guy that does you might be a redneck or whatever yeah. like that whole thing like it has its audience right and like to me definitely not my thing I could see how that guy would be like their number one comedian of all time or whatever. Yeah. The whole like, get her dead. Yeah. Like, it's just like, dude, that shit's so cringy. Like, that shit was popular when I was in high school. That Layer the Cable guy, like, that's when he was like really blowing up. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, there were like kids saying, like, get her dead. And like, I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? This is like, <laughs> <laughs> you're only popular in like the South. And then parts of and, like <laughs> Dumb, like, yeah, dumb, like the redneck kids from high school or whatever. We live in Bakersfield, by the way. It's okay. <laughs> they get busting from the river. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, dude. It's just not my thing, Speaking dude. Speaking of, like, southern comedians or whatever, right? 
another guy like I've never gotten why he, like he's so popular and he's like blowing up popular or what and whatnot is Theo Vaughn. Like yeah. I don't think that he's not funny. Like he has his moments. I've yeah. listened to uh, his podcast with Brendan Shaw, you know, King the Sting, which I thought was amazing because they had good chemistry. And like the whole premise was like, oh, here's two dumbasses, you know, capping on each other or whatnot. But I didn't think his specials were funny. Like I don't, like I th- can literally think of like twenty other comedians that like bust my side more than he does. But like people put him up there with like Bill Burr, and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is like a little bit of that Larry the Cable guy kind of thing. Like like yeah. some people just see themselves in him, and yeah. like even his podcast like this past weekend. Like I've listened to it and it's just like him making like weird comments or like talking about his depression. So it's like, I think it's a little bit of like, oh, people just like relate to him or have empathy towards him. And that's why they, I guess, put him higher on a pedestal than I honestly think he really is. Yeah, he's he's really blowing up lately. Um, he, uh, I think he had an episode he did with, with Stavros and like that was really good. But it, you could definitely tell who was the fucking like, like when you're when you're when your guest on your podcast comes on and like steals the show like it kind of kind of an m&m yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah it's like it, you know it's yeah it is basically that whole thing where it's like you know who's the who's the best rapper on this thing it's like mm. sorry fucking drake and, and <laughs> sorry drake uh you have kendrick lamar on this track and like it's gonna fucking yeah. turn into the kendrick lamar show here in a minute yeah um, yeah, I don't think he's bad, but I also don't, um, not crazy about him. He's yeah. definitely, not, he's a guy that if he came to Bakersfield and tickets were like 20 bucks, I might go see him kind of thing. Yeah. But like, he's definitely not a guy I'm traveling to go see or anything. Yeah. I don't put him on the same level as like, you know, an all time top 10, which a lot of people are. And that's why I'm putting him here. So don't come after me yeah, yeah. or whatever. Right. But I guess, uh, honorable mentions. Let's jump into that. So, real quick. um, just three honorable mentions, man. Like, um. So this is a personal one. Didn't make my list because I think she's better on a podcast than really her stand-up. I'm right off the bat. I want to say like I don't think her, I don't think her stand-up is as good as her podcasting. But she also has a show on Netflix which I love. The um, um, nailed it TV show where they're just basically baking cakes, uh, and that's Nicole Byer. I think she's a fantastic podcaster, an okay stand-up comedian, but I, I think that she's her personality is super fun i think she's 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 really really good i think her podcast um best friends and why won't you date me like fucking amazing podcast like really really good podcast and she fucking slays it like uh anyways that nicole buyer um the other one for me uh this one was really close to making it just didn't make it but bob owen kirk uh he's does the better call sal He's a Saul. You know, Saul. Sorry, I've actually never seen that show. <laughs> really, I never watched Breaking Bad either. I watched Whoa. like the first two episodes of Breaking Bad and never. But I think, as far as what what he did, like growing up, to me, the first time I ever saw him was on the Adam Sandler show, mm-hmm. and like he's just always been the funniest guy in the room. Like it's it's hard to out comedy him in like consistently, and I still need to watch those two shows because I've never seen those two shows. But like, I I love him. I think he's fucking funny. It it is really hard to out comedy him. Even some of the guys that do make my list, I think would find it very hard to out comedy him. He is a guy that came up from the um, uh, stand uh, oh damn um the uh, upright citizens brigade style comedy, and you know he 
he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. His improv is impeccable. Like he is just amazing. Uh, didn't make my list. And then the last one, this is a dude that pretty much raised me. Um, but I guess I almost don't view him as a comedian anymore. I almost wish he would run for president. And that's John Stewart. Like John Stewart is a guy that like that's really, a good one. really, really, really like I, I, I love John Stewart. I grew up watching the daily show when he was the host and like, you know, I know he has his own TV show now on, on Apple. HBO or Apple. Yeah, yeah. On Apple. Um, and I still, you know, I still think he's funny, but I, I almost think that his, his subject matter is so, is so real now that I don't view him as a comedian. I almost, again, I wish he would run for president, mm-hmm. dude. Like he's just fucking amazing. I, I would vote for him. Yeah. hundred yeah, no, percent. He's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it would be fair too, because I mean, he's you, you get into like these political games where it's just like the right. I don't want to make this political or whatever. Where like the right only cares about the military, but he really legitimately cares about police officers and firefighters and you know the military or whatever. And he literally goes, to, he fucking shoulders them, you know, when he goes to Congress and you know tries to fight for their rights and shit like that. So, yeah, yeah, shout, yeah, that is a great honorable mention. I love John Stewart. Um, you have any more? That's it. That's all I got. Okay. Um, I guess mine's a little bit, you know, I have a little bit more names. I'm not going to spend too much time, you know, talking about the ins and outs of them. But I guess I'll start, like, right off the top, you know, before, like, you know, COVID happened and before, like, I had my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things, like, I wanted to do a lot, you know, with my girl was, like, I, I really like taking trips to the comedy store, which, you know, I know you listed joe rogan as like you know overrated but i think one positive thing that joe rogan did is he resurrected the comedy store from the you know basically going out of business in the 90s to like you know cultivating a lot of really good talent um and with that said some of the best comedians i ever seen live and these are a few comedians you mentioned tony hinchcliffe earlier Mm -hmm. to this day like in person that is like he was like one of the funniest people I've ever seen live. Oh, he's in person. very funny. Yeah, he's very very funny. Like I said, he opened up for Joe Rogan, and he was the better of the two. And we saw the you know the you know when he had the his podcast WrestleMania one or whatever. Yeah, the store horseman like yeah. that was fucking great. And like yeah. to be able to carry a show for three hours and consistently be funny, you know, yeah. in a room full of people watching you know WrestleMania or SummerSlam, whatever the fucking live podcast we went to, whatever. Yeah. Uh, also, too, um, Andrew Santino. Uh, again, went into it not knowing who he was, you know, at the original uh, room. And, like, he totally bodied everybody that came before him and after him or whatever, right? Totally took the air out of the room. Speaking to taking all the air out of the room, like, literally everybody got up after he was done with the set. And there was still a whole hour left of com- comedy that was Joey Diaz. Like, and he's known for that, you know, just, like, <laughs> slaying a room. Yeah. And he literally was one of the funniest people as well as Brian Callen. Again, yes, I'm a big fan of The Fighter and the Kid, but he legitimately, like, live is one of the funniest people I have ever seen. Like, you can tell, like, this is a guy who just walks around just always on. So, uh, live, uh, those guys. Obviously, you got to give props to the past, and I feel guilty for not including these people. Uh, but obviously, you know, you have to mention Richard Pryor. Uh, the only reason why he just didn't make my list was just like, you know, I love his specials, like Bicentennial, yeah. <laughs> you know, and all, you know, live from the Sunset Strip. All of those things are classics that played in my house. I still listen to him. It's just like I hated him as an actor in movies. Uh-huh. Uh, but you got to give props to him. If this was, a, you know, a more of like, you know, most influential comedians of all time, he would probably be number one. Um, also, Robin Williams, like, 
that guy's stand-up com- comedy from like the seventies, like, is outrageous. Yes, he was high on coke the whole yeah. time. I feel bad. Like Robin Williams is a dude I was never into. Besides, like him being the genie on Aladdin, mm-hmm. like. I didn't never cared about anything he did. I, I feel really bad. Like I didn't. I seen Miss Doubtfire, but I'm not, not like, dude, that's fucking gold, dude. <laughs> like none of that really moved the needle for me. Like beside, to me, he'll always be the genie from Aladdin, and like that holds a soft spot in my heart. Like, but um, but other than that, like you know, it just doesn't do anything. Like his old school comedy, I thought was like. Like it didn't age it. well for me. For me personally, it just didn't age well. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but anyways, uh, Andy Kaufman uh, again, like just oh, a yeah. fucking genius. Yeah, way know? ahead of his time, dude. Yeah, you just just watch the documentary on Andy Kaufman. <laughs> like super sad to be quite honest with you. Like the Man on the Moon sh- movie or whatever. Uh, that's one of the movies that like if you ever want to see like. If you want to see me cry, just put that movie on, yeah. dude. Like, I honestly, like, just thinking about that movie right now makes me want to cry. He's a topic, like, waiting to happen. Oh, absolutely, yeah. dude. Like, absolutely, 110%. Um, and the more you find out about Andy Kaufman, the more you love about him. It's yeah. just that... And speaking I'd, of, one guy I did forget to put on my list is, like, the dude that played Andy Kaufman in that movie, Jim Carrey. Jim I didn't put him on my list, but, like, he he did that. He's done things from, like fucking in living color to that where it's like again yeah very emotional roles that he's taken on and you know he did dumb and dumber and he's, he's done the whole full spectrum and i don't think it's all been gold but like he is a dude that i it would be a crime if i didn't honorably mention him in my list and which he was on my honorable mention um so a few more um bill hicks very influential uh, to like '90s comedy, you know, yeah. like another sad story. Yeah. Um, another guy that I grew up with, uh, he almost made my top ten. Uh, is Eddie Griffin? Um, Eddie Griffin. Yeah, I loved his fucking comedy, <laughs> like from Def Comedy Jam like era and shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as well as Patrice O'Neill and Bill Burr, like those guys as well. Yeah, dude. I I so here's the thing. I always want to like Bill Burr. I always want to like him. He's fucking part of the Star Wars universe now. Like, I want to like Bill Burr, but I just can't get behind his comedy, dude. Like, I view him as more just like an actor. Like, <laughs> I just, I can't view, like, I just cannot get behind his comedy, dude. Just, like, yeah. not for me. I respect what he does. I like him in, in like, roles that he's been on. He he was, um... F is for Family is a hilarious the, show, yeah. The the show that he did, uh, the movie, no, sorry, not show, the TV, the movie he did with um, the Pete Davidson or whatever, the, the King of Staten Island, he is the best part of that movie. Mm. He is the most relatable part of that movie. He's like, you know, to me, like, that Pete Davidson, maybe I just don't like Pete Davidson, yeah, I, I like just think either. he's fucking garbage, but, like, he was the worst part. He kills that movie, like, like Pete Davidson brings the movie down like twenty notches, where it should be much higher. Um, but he, Bill Burr, does a really good job of like, of like trying to hold it in there. But I don't know. Not I. I wish I liked him more. Like <laughs> he seems like a nice guy. I'd like to do a road trip with him one day. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's go into our top ten. All right, you want me to start? Yeah, go, go ahead, on. start, man. Okay, so my number ten. This is again completely personal comedians for me. Uh, Hampton Yunt, he does uh, Suicide Buddies. He does Y'all Ever. He does the voice for Crow from uh, for um, uh, Mystery Science Theater, or he's the new voice of Crow from Mystery mm-hmm. Science Theater. Um, to me, 
one of the best improvisational comedians I've ever seen. If if not, I don't want to say the best improvisational comedian I've ever seen, but like to do to do something like Mystery Science Theater, to do that and like consistently have to, you know, watch a movie and like freeball it and say funny things about a movie while it's happening, like mm-hmm. very impressive. And and Suicide Buddies to me is like probably my all time favorite podcast ever. Uh, I just I think he's hilarious. We we had his uh, now wife Georgia Brooks on the podcast um, to talk some NBA sports once. Uh, I wish we would have had Hampton on as well, but like he to me is like one of the funniest guys ever. Like just most underrated dude, one of the most underrated dudes in the comedy game right now. Um, and I, it sucks because it's, it seems like he is a complete loner in his game because you know, what he focuses on more is just hanging out with Georgia and his baby. <laughs> and like, he does, understand that, yeah. he, he does not really go into the comedy world. He's not on tiger belly hanging out with all these other comedians. He's not doing all, he's not doing the podcast circles with everybody else. And he's basically just focuses on comedy and being a dad. And that's pretty much it. And, and, you know, I don't want to say it's a shame, but it's a shame that he's not more famous and does more things because, you know, like that comedy is still his profession, but, you know, being a husband and being a dad is kind of like his other big thing that he does now. So I really, really respect him. I, I still will randomly put on a Suicide Buddies podcast or Y'all Ever, eventually it turns into Y'all Ever, but um, I still put that shit on and it still makes me laugh. Like I've I never heard of that those episodes before because I think he's just that funny. And and so is Dave Ross. Dave Ross is the other host on there, but I think Dave Ross is, you know, n- not as good. <laughs> not as good. I mean, Hampton is really the the fucking star of that show to me. So yeah, that's my number ten, Mr. Hampton Young. Nice. Uh, my number ten kind of surprised me. I because <clears throat> I I put him on uh, just thinking it was gonna be like an honorable mention, but like the more I marinated on it, and like there was this whole period like um, when I was working two jobs living by myself in a two bedroom apartment, you know, just kind of going through it or whatever. We're like, I would just put on comedy albums yeah. um, on Spotify. I know I talk a lot of shit about Spotify, but like I would just put on comedy albums on Spotify and, you know, just listen to those. It's kind of like to get, bring light into my life kind of thing. And um, there's two comedians and then the other one will come up a little bit later, but there's two comedians where it's just like, I never hit the skip button like on their specials and their comedy albums that they had on there. And then, you know, to roll it out into, you know, you know, little bit parts that he's done here and there. I was like, man, like, I just really enjoy, like, this guy's sense of humor. And I don't think there's a weak comedy album at all, a weak special that he's put out. Like, I still, like, quote things that he has said, like, in his specials. And that's Patton Oswalt. And, like, I'm uh, super surprised, like, that's, like, a number 10 on there. And, like, it, like his big thing is like the KFC, like famous bull bit that he does. Mm -hmm. But then there's like other things too, like where he gets like super nerdy about something, but then he like translates it into something like relevant, like relationships or politics. And it's just to me like that whole like way of like relating, you know, something super serious into something super nerdy, like, a Star Wars or fucking Lord of the Rings or, you know. Yeah, he's the he, guy that came up with Bobo and Kirk. They're, you know, Upright Citizens Brigade kind of guys. Yeah, and, like, I just, the way his mind works is just admirable, and I just love him and pretty much everything that he's done. So, yeah, 
Patton Oswald. I just put on any of his fucking comedy albums, you're guaranteed to laugh. Yeah, yeah. He's, and it's not dumb comedy either. Like, it's really smart. No, no, he's he's really good. He had that one comedy special. I think it's his most recent one. I think a lot of people don't know this, but his, his wife died, and then he came out and did that one, and, like, it was a pretty touching one. Uh, pretty touching special, but um, yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, didn't his wife like find the fucking Golden State Killer or some shit? Yeah, his wife was like obsessed with like true crime stuff, and then she did like the DNA, like like uh, I don't know, she did like some DNA like back matching type of thing. <laughs> I I don't know. It was it was pretty weird. Yeah, I don't really understand the science behind it. Yeah, but she did it. <laughs> but she she solved it. It'll come up when we yeah. do that episode. He did he did get married really quick after she passed away though. So that's <laughs> we'll, leave, we'll, well he's leave, not Chris we'll, Leah. We'll, we'll like just his leave sex that. Cult. <laughs> we'll leave that where it's at. But yeah, no, he's really really good. I was I think I was pretty surprised how quickly he moved on. But yeah, it no, was like a year after, yeah, yeah, I was like, oh damn. But yeah, no, it was it was he's cool. He's a really good guy. Um, you want to hear my number nine? Yes, sir. All right, so my number nine, sketch comedy, music comedy. Music comedy to me is one of those things mm-hmm. that like goes underrated, I guess. I, I like. I grew up listening to like the Dr. Demento show and like mm. Weird Al and things like that. Um, and I think that for the most part, it's kind of, I don't want to say died, because like, it's still ongoing. Like To me, Weird Al is still going on, but... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I just like the fact that this, this actress, comedian, rapper holds it all together under one umbrella of like constantly being funny and that's Aquafina. And I think, I think she does her, her, her albums. Like I love listening to her albums, like comedy, killer beats, like it's like it's like a modern day Weird Al basically, and like now she's in a Marvel movie. Yeah. Like she kills it there. She she kills it in her sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. She like I, I don't know. I just think that everything she's done has kind of turned into gold. And I think that she doesn't get as much props for what she's done, and she's doing. She gets s- a lot of hate. Yeah, she does get a lot of hate, and I I think that her her music to me is like the best part of it. That's actually like why I show up to the party. But then I stayed at the party because, like, her fucking, like, um, her movies are fucking funny. She had, oh, my God, dude. She had the most, t- I, I'm blinking out on the name. It's an A24 movie where, like, she flies back to Japan to visit her dying grandma. I'm blanking out on it so much. And, like, it's one of the most touching, sad movies ever. And it's like, dude, this is the same fucking girl that's doing all this, like, Weird Al-style comedy music. And it's like. I I can't believe this is the same person like doing all this all the same stuff. I I think that she's one of the most underrated people in in Hollywood and like the music industry and she'll probably continue to be that. It's called but a farewell. Farewell, yeah. Oh my god, dude. It's an amazing 10 out of 10 movie, dude. It's it's you know not a not a dry eye in the room after it, but because she melds her comedy and like with with very emotional touching things i i it's 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 not it's not a hard movie to watch like you almost forget you're watching a movie at some points in the movie mm-hmm. um but yeah i think she she's amazing funny hilarious if you ever watch her 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 like her like uh um 
her sketch comedy. I think it's just as funny, uh, just fantastic. And she did a great job hosting SNL, which not a lot of people, a lot of times you'll get like whack ass people going on SNL. Like you'll get like, I don't know, fucking <laughs> some baseball player go on there and then they have to like put him in sketches and he's all awkward in there. Like, I don't know. But because she understands comedy and she understands acting, like she just fucking she, killed it. She fits it. it right in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, yeah. that's my number nine. That is a surprise. All right, so my number nine, again, uh, he fits in the same groove as I was talking with Patton Oswalt. Totally different style of comedy, um, but I had to put him just above Patton just because I feel like the little bit parts that he's done, you know, whether it be TV shows or movies. Again, he's made it into the MCU and whatnot mm. as a background character, but like when his scenes hit, like they're memorable as shit. Uh, even in TV shows, I mean, he's all over the place. He's done Saturday Night Live, Thirty Rock, Bob's Burgers, Lucas Brothers, like it, I, I mean, BoJack Horseman, like just all over The Simpsons, a- anything that you can do, like it, like the list on his Wikipedia just goes on and on forever. And even Grand Theft Auto, NBA 2K, like he's all over the place. But he's not a mega star per se. But like he fit, like he's like the perfect guy when you need like a comedic relief and again just like Pat Oswald when I was saying like during that time period where I would just put on comedy albums his comedy like it didn't you didn't push skip at all like when it came up like it was like oh this joke it, it's it just as fresh you know the 60th time as yeah. it is like the first time I heard it you know and one of the funniest jokes is when he was talking about <laughs> being accused of masturbating like as an adult <laughs> i already know who this is <laughs> he goes if you want to piss off a 14 year old you know accuse him of masturbating i ain't masturbating you masturbate and he goes but as a 30 year old yeah. hell yeah i masturbate i masturbate to last longer than sex I, you know <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen i'm talking about the great and powerful hannibal barres fucking you, you know what's funny amazing comedian. i had him on my list and i didn't bring him up in my honorable mention he f- somehow just like was right out of there but i was looking at it and when i was putting my list somehow he he didn't make my list but yes he's fucking amazing you know what though my issue with him is that his podcast the handsome rambler yeah is not consistent enough and even when it is like he 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 puts out out a song he puts out yeah like a two minute long song whatever and you could tell he just like wings it on his way to like the airport or something like that and um also, he hasn't been doing stuff lately. Like he's not been doing that much stuff consistently. I heard like he went to like Nigeria, a bunch of bought, bought a bunch of farmland, and like he'll like fly back to the states and like do like a voiceover or do like an acting gig, get the money for that, and then like work on his farm in Nigeria or whatever, yeah. which is cool. Like it's some Dave Chappelle shit or whatever, but. It's like, no, I want more of you. But I guess, yeah. you know, he's already, you know, made all the money that he wants to make. And he has nothing left to prove, especially like outing uh, Bill Cosby for being a sexual predator. So it's That's like. his big claim. Like he really blew up after that, especially like he was doing that. And he did um, Broad City. Mm. Like that was like, that was really the height of his, height of his comedy. You know, like when he was mm. doing that and he was like the Eric Andre, like background guy. Yeah. Like he was just fucking killing it like he was he was really 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 good at, at at that role and and he was in everything for a little while and i i i wish he would do more you know he is the 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 pe teacher on on <laughs> spider-man. spider-man so like <laughs> i i think i agree with you i think he's he should have been on my list i think he's fucking hilarious he 
probably should have been like number eleven, but like he's he's just amazing. Mm-hmm. I honestly think the only reason he didn't make my list is just because I haven't seen him in a lot lately. Like I I don't know if he's okay health wise. <laughs> oh, I hope I hope he's all right. I hope he's doing well, dude. Because I love that guy. I really do. Yeah. I think he's amazing. Yeah, and it it like, and I think there's like three regions of comedy that I think we're gonna touch on or I'll touch on. Is like there's New York comedy, L.A. comedy, and Chicago comedy, and like to me, like he embodies what like, like modern day Chicago comedy is. Yeah, not not a lot of dudes do what he does and do it so well. But yeah, that's that's you know that in in the United States at least that's the mm-hmm. that's the big one. Yeah. So number nine or number eight number, for you? Number, oh, my number eight. Uh, my number eight. It's funny because my number seven and my number eight cannot be more opposite, but we'll do my number seven later on. But my number eight is a, a comedian who I think embodies great stand-up comedy, a really good podcaster, um, and he's been in a lot of things lately. Like He's blowing up, and I'm always surprised that he sh- goes on. like He was on Theo Bond's podcast. Oh, and um, and uh, anyways, this guy, uh, Nate Bergazzi. N- Nate Bergazzi is a dude who is like this like Christian clean cut, clean cut comedy kind of guy. There's no cursing on his podcast. There's no cursing in his life specials, but he is one of the funniest guys you'll ever see. And I would have never thought in a million years I'd be into somebody like Nate, Mm -hmm. but Nate is like fucking hilarious. Like he, and this is the first time I'm going to say it, but not the last time I'm going to say it, but he understands timing and comedy. And that is one of the hardest things. That to me, timing in comedy is the equivalent of being seven feet tall. And if you don't get that, then you don't get the comedy element of it. And he understands timing. I want to say almost better than anyone until we get to like my, my number one guy. But he probably understands it better than like most people on my list. Just where it's just like he understands when to speak, when to not speak, when to mumble like went to speak clearly like it's just comedy gold like the guy just understands it and he's doing it in a, in a way where like as you're watching it you forget that hey this guy hasn't cursed at all like this guy hasn't said anything like i was about to say provocative yeah. or dirty the whole time yeah i was about to say like you almost i mean i i i'd like him um he's not gonna make my list but like you're hundred percent correct with it. Where it's just like, you forget that like, he's a clean comedian. Like there's comedians that are clean comedians, like, you know, a Sinbad and I'm not talking mm-hmm. shit about Sinbad. He used to like him as a kid or uh, Bill Cosby <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> before the rape, alle- yeah. the rape, not allegations, but convictions um, that they're clean and they make it like a vegetarian. Like they make it known that they're clean yeah. and whatnot. Right. But when Nate Bergazzi, it's just like, you, you forget that he's, not saying the f word that he's not you know doing x y and z it's yeah. just like and he's not afraid to go on theo bond's podcast and theo bond's like oh, i'm over here jerking off fucking all of a sudden i had all this con candy on my hands and i'm jerking off and what fucking you and then they they'll be like dude that's I, yeah that that happens a lot actually <laughs> that's one of the worst things that can happen yeah because he's candy. been on fighter and the kid quite a few <laughs> times and like they're all about the dick joke you know and it's like yeah like but you do forget that like yeah. oh yeah he's clean cut yeah, and like I like that. I like the fact that he is that funny. Like where you don't even realize, like, oh fuck, this guy's a clean com- comedian. Like, h- how? Like how? I thought I could have sworn I heard him cuss at some point, and then you're like, no, dude, he's like pretty clean cut. Like, <laughs> I I love that about him, and I I think his his 
first time I ever heard him was, um, uh, like Magician's Son or something like that. Where he, the the majority of the whole stand up is how his dad was a magician and he grew up with with having a dad who was a magician. It is one of the fucking funniest stand ups ever, dude. Like mm-hmm. he kills it. I've seen him come to to Bakersfield and kill it. Like. I should have worn my Nate Bergazi shirt today. I have a I have a Nate Bergazi shirt. I have my Nate Lamb podcast coffee mug. I oh that's the other thing. I love listening to his podcast. His podcast is like the perfect like put it on and drive to L A kind of podcast because they'll talk about like the like their topics are like names. So they'll talk about like the history of names, and then like Nate will say something stupid it's like so where does the name Joe come from? Like it, it'll just be like dumb, like white guy names and like question it is. I don't know. I, I love the fact that he also has a, he has trouble pronouncing words <laughs> and like that becomes a, a joke in, in the podcast world itself. Anyway. Yeah. I love that guy. Go check out his podcast. Nice. Um, well, like you said, uh, this guy, this, my, my, my number eight, uh, couldn't be any more different from your guy. He literally wrote the book about the seven words you cannot say on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, one of those comedians, like if we were to do a list of like most influential comedians of all time, um, some list might put him at number one, some might put him at number two, uh, and rightfully so. Um, I mean, I'm looking at his body of work here, and he's just all over the place. Uh, the way I found out about him, and this is uh, <laughs> kind of embarrassing, but as a young youth watching PBS and mm-hmm. Thomas the Train would come on, uh, the narrator <laughs> was George Carlin. Oh, and wow. um, so you, you get familiarized with him. Uh, but then, you know, you get the HBO free, you know, weekend specials here and there. You know, HBO would throw you a bone back in the 90s and you get to watch HBO. And they would always sell HBO. And then on Saturday at 10, you get to see George Carlin's new fucking special. And it looks like almost like he put out a special on HBO every fucking other year or whatever, right? Yeah. And I've probably, and I've seen, looking at, you know, some of these specials, I've seen pretty much all of them and whatnot, right? And again, like Patton Oswalt, like, you know, Hannibal Buress, they're all hitters. And for me, and it's not so much just like, aha, he told a dick joke or whatever, right? And I mean, he has that in his arsenal. And yeah, he was a little bit dirty. He was a little raunchy or whatever, but he was super smart. You know, whether he was talking about religion, whether he was talking about politics, whether he was talking about relationships or what have you, it's smart comedy. And to me, it's just like, you look back at some of his specials or some of the his appearances like on late night television, and it all fucking ages like wine. In my opinion, yeah. and I know like he uh, Judd Apatow put out like a special or a documentary about him not too long ago and whatnot, and like every comedian, like they take something from him. You know, he's kind of like the, you know, uh, the the Richard Pr- Richard Pryor, but you know, for the other side of the aisle kind of thing. Yeah, and um, I just love all of his specials. Our buddy Greg. I remember that was one thing we would do a lot is just, you know, grab Taco Bell and watch an old George Carlin special. And, it, like, we would laugh, like you said, you know, earlier. Like, it wasn't even like the – we like, we haven't heard this joke 75 other times. Like, yeah. it was still fresh as we did it. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, number eight, George Carlin, I wanted to put him higher on the list. It's just that, you know, there was other comedians that I think throughout my lifetime has made me laugh more. But, again – if this was, yeah. uh, you know, a all-time most influential comedians list, it would it would be him and Richard Pryor probably duking out for number one. Yeah, it's it's wild. He's a guy that obviously he's a huge name in comedy. Didn't make my list. I don't. I definitely not a guy that like like I grew up listening to. I didn't 
I I've always respected what he does, but I'm just not a guy that like really influential to me. But <laughs> I really I really like him. He's really smart, and like I like his. He's a smart, d- dirty comedian, you know, yeah, like, yeah. which is really really good in an era where like you didn't have a lot of guys like that. You have, like Louis Black and things like that, like that were coming up, and like like Louis Black does something similar to what he does. Um, but I like him. I like I like I like him a lot. I just not not so much my cup of tea, but mm-hmm. I do respect what he does. Yeah. All right, your number uh, seven. My sorry. number seven. All right, this is definitely my cup of tea. Uh, this is a guy that like at first I was a little bit like ah, you're kind of ripping off another comedian who I have down in the list, but like you're kind of ripping off what he does. But he was doing his own thing, and he was doing it more extreme than that comedian. And I love. I love this guy, and I hope to one day see him do it live because I already know his live shit is like just as intense as when he does this, and that's Eric Andre. Okay, Eric Andre to me, the Eric Andre show, the movies that he's done, uh, his his stand up, all of it fucking hilarious. Um, I remember when like the Eric Andre like season one when it was super low budget and nobody really knew what the fuck this what was happening. I was just like in awe. I was like, this guy's fucking gold. He had Hannibal Burris as like his side guy or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, if you don't know, if you have not seen the Eric Andre show, like watch it. Watch it. Make sure there's no kids in the room. Uh, but definitely watch it. It is one of the most like bizarre, off the wall, like weird shit happening. He had he had, he's had bands on there. He had Health play on his on his on on there as like his musical act. He's had. Um, yeah, I don't know. He was just at a Death Grip show. Like he's such a weird bird, but like somehow he pulls like these hot chicks. I think his current girlfriend is like a supermodel or something, or wife now. I don't know, but yeah. like, I, <clears throat> not to like take over your, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what yeah, you're yeah. talking about. But I remember we were in line to get into the comedy store one night, and he was just like walking up and down the street, and like he had like these two hot ass chicks like on both sides of his arms. And um, he was just walking up and down the street. No one was talking to him or whatever. And I knew explicitly this was fucking Eric Andre or whatever. Like, you yeah. cannot miss him. Like, he's a, an odd-looking bird or whatever, right? Yeah. And he was walking up and down the street, and he walked by again. And he was like, oh, is this the line to get into here? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, you're Eric Andre, huh? And he goes, yes, I am, fan. Like, just the, but the <laughs> way he said it was just fucking hilarious. Like, he's like a person, like, that is just always on even when he's not even trying to be like the way he addressed me, like, yes, I am fan. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like trying to be an, like comedically being an asshole, but like yeah. to just, but kind of trying to make you laugh kind of thing. And I just, that always stood out to me and it was just funny. And it's like, who the fuck are these two girls on both sides of your fucking arms and yeah, shit? He was, um, I don't know if he's still with her or they were just dating for a long time, but he was, uh, with, Oh man, who's the girl? She's playing Ahsoka Tana now. Um, oh, uh, Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson. He was with Rosario Dawson for a long time, which is kind of surprising. But uh, but yeah, no, he's fucking hilarious. The funny thing about him is, I listened to him. I don't want to say break character, but he did this long uh, conversation about um, about how he's really into like meditation and like. He uh he would have his like his writing crew like all sit down and like just meditate together and like and like then before then starting the writing session to like to whatever they were about to do and he talked to, he talked about it in like this really like kind of weird way where it's like he he's like a lot of people expect me to be this one thing but I'm like completely opposite like that is literally like I that is the character that you get but you don't get the behind the, the scenes thing or whatever oh. and that was on 
Suicide Buddies. So if you ever look up the Suicide Buddies or Y'all Ever with Eric Andre, it's it's a really good episode because you have two dudes that made my list. Both Hampton and him are on there, and it is like cool. two dudes talking. It it's it's funny. It's because they're just both naturally really funny, but they're both talking about like serious things, and it's like. That was really, really crazy. Oh, and then Hampton used to be a writer for him, and that's the other thing. That, that makes they, sense. Yeah. They, they used to be, like, working together, writing jokes together, and it's like, dude, I can only imagine, like, that level of, of like, fucking... To be a fly on that wall. Yeah, I was like, that must be fucking... <laughs> I bet that was funny. <laughs> but, yeah, no, Eric Andre, definitely love that guy. Nice. All right, so my number seven, and this is who I thought you were going to say for your number seven. Like, I thought you were leading up to it. Uh, a guy that I almost left off all my list altogether, like honorable mentions and everything. I was just like, I forgot about him because he hasn't done much lately. Uh-huh. Um, probably too busy getting arrested and, you know, checking in and out of mental institutions and shit. Uh, but number seven, the great and powerful Cat Williams. Oh, shit. That yeah. motherfucker yeah. is so fucking funny. Wow. And. Again, like I said, most of my list is comprised of people that their strong suit is that they've done great stand-up comedy, but then also been in movies and TV shows, and they're funny. And I think his appearances, like in you know next Friday or Friday yeah. after next or whatever it is and whatnot, like they're okay. But like this is a guy who's just like, oh no, you landed on number seven because your stand-up specials yeah. are so fucking funny. He, he's the next guy on my list, so I guess we can combine combine the two. So yeah, perfect timing. Sweet. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. But I remember one of my fondest memories, and it's the special, it's Pimpin' Pimpin', mm-hmm. which is one that I actually own. Like, that is like a marker, too. Like, if I own, like, your fucking special, like, on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, or even VHS, which will come into play later, like, th- you deserve to be on this list. I remember I bought It's Pimpin' Pimpin', you know, at Target and whatnot, and I remember watching it over and over and over again. And I remember I was watching it in the living room. My mom was doing something like in the kitchen or something off to the side where she wasn't really going to be listening to it or whatever. That's why I was watching it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I remember like he said some joke or whatever, and I could just hear my mom cackle from the other side of the house. Like, oh, my God. And she like runs into the room and just says, hey, rewind that. That is fucking hilarious. And mind you, my mom was like in the midst of like her like, I am now a Christian. I do not cuss. I do not drink kind of thing. And like – Cat Williams is dirty as shit, you know, yeah. whatever he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, he's, he, I think, was it, num- it would be my number six, I think. Yeah. But, um, he, um, he's a guy that um, I, I think a lot of people don't really think that I'm going to be as into him, but he's, like, fucking, one, hilarious. Like, he, he had those, like, three or four comedy specials that came out back to back to back. I remember, like, you know, what you said about George Carlin, like, getting Taco Bell, like, that was my whole thing. Like, those are my Friday nights sometimes where I would yeah. pick up Taco Bell and watch fucking Cat Williams stand-up. Like, he is fucking hilarious. He is a guy that, once again, he understands timing really well. He His speech pattern goes super fast to really slow, to stop, to start, to, like, and, like, he is just incredible like and and some of the stuff he talks about is pretty deep he has one and i can't remember the name of the stand-up but it was on netflix where he talks the the opening of the of the um of the special starts off with him talking about how like cincinnati just had like this race riot like i I guess somebody had got killed in cincinnati and they were having all this like you know race tensions going on there and he's like this is where i want to do my special because I view myself like a fireman. Like if, I, if I'm a fireman, I'm going where the fire's at. 
Like, I'm here to put out this fire right now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to show up and do this comedy right here, right now, in Cincinnati while the fire's hot. And it's one of his most underrated specials, because uh, is Pimpin' Pimpin' the one where he's, like, in that green suit? No, that's... I can't remember the name of that one. I'll try to look it up right now. But, yeah, that one's... Yeah, that's too. his most iconic one. And that yeah. is, like, hilarious. That's 10 out of 10. But We talked about Michael Jackson's bell pepper-ass nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is he's gold like i was just listening to his i was out there fishing this morning listening to cat williams dude yeah. and like he's over here talking about like going down and girl and all this stuff and like fucking mm-hmm. eating like it's just like fucking funny dude like he's just amazing um underrated so. probably the most underrated comedian on on all this list because he is a guy that you know gets pigeonholed as like the little comedian mm-hmm. fill in the blank for for a short black guy, you know, if, mm-hmm. if it, later on Kevin Hart tries to sh- steal that throne or whatever, but like he was that guy for a long time, and like he is really, really funny. His standups have aged really well. Oh, I've, I didn't realize how old his standups were. Right? Yeah, they're like fucking like fifteen years old, and they've yeah. aged really, really well. Yeah, I think uh, um, it's uh, the Pimp Chronicles. The Pimp Con- Chronicles definitely his best, most iconic work. But yes, amazing guy. He has been in and out of rehab and, and that sort of thing and getting arrested from Target for beating up Target <laughs> cashiers. And getting choked out by an 11-year-old. And shit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but he is... And, and Eric Andre, going back to him, he does kind of a variation of that character too, which is really funny, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's Cat Williams, yeah. Even too, like, I know this, is, this might end me up in, like, CPS or whatever, but, like... He has, like, some great, like, father advice. Like, even to this day, like, I was thinking about, like, he was talking about how his son, like, wanted, like, the new Xbox or whatever, right? And he goes, well, Daddy will buy you an Xbox all day, every day, or whatever, whatever. But we can go to this other store, and we can get a Nintendo 64. And for the same price, we can get a Nintendo 64, two controllers <laughs> so you can play with your friends, and, like, 25 games. What sounds better? An Xbox with just one controller so Daddy can't play with you in one game or a Nintendo 64 with all of these games. And I play that fucking that Dude, fucking that, card with my son so all funny. the time. My my favorite thing is when he uh talks about how um he got really high and ate his daughter's cereal <laughs> and he's like <laughs> the he's regular like, ass Daddy, week. they stole the cereal. It's like they sure did. <laughs> 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 these Al Qaeda's are coming in here <laughs> stealing my baby cereal. <laughs> Oh, oh dude, he's he's fucking hilarious. Dude. I love Cat Williams. <laughs> Anyways, dude, who's your number six? Number six, um, and this is a guy too. Again, um, during the same time as like Patton Oswalt and Hannibal Buress, uh, you know, I'd put on Spotify and then, you know, would play random specials and whatnot. Uh, and this next guy, again, perfect comedian. I think, like what you said, like understands timing, understands context. Yeah, he's landed him. He's landed himself like in the doghouse, but he's still putting out specials independently on his own. And, you know, and I've, you know, checked those out and they still hold up really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, and it's kind of a shame that, you know, he's not, you know, out there in the mainstream media anymore. But um, even his show, Louie, mm-hmm. it, it was like one of the greatest show To me, again, I mentioned The Office is like one of the best comedic sitcoms of all time. I think Louie might be number two. You know, if not challenging for one B, wow. one of the best uh, comedic shows of all time. But Louis C.K. and you look up all time lists, and rightfully so, he lands like in the top five consistently. He is just 
one of the funniest motherfuckers of all time. And he doesn't do it by, you know, being a character like Cat Williams. And it's not me shitting on Cat Williams at all, but it's all about self-deprecating humor, which I fucking love. And, like, I think he is the king of that. Yeah, that uh, that Louis show, man. I, the funny thing about Louis is it had a lot of the same things that, like, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm or something like that would have where it was, like, I wouldn't say it's a serious show, but it's the comedy's there and like funny things are happening, but there's serious underlining things that are also happening. Like, um, actually, it's way more way more uh, gloomy than than Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb Your Enthusiasm is just comedy the whole time. But um, mm-hmm. but um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely a guy that I would say like in the mid two thousands like he was really at the height of comedy and like he seemed to be like that next guy that was like a George Carlin kind of guy that was gonna be yeah. on like you know, not the Mount Rushmore of comedy, but like the um like just you know, the guy you couldn't bring up comedy without bringing up his name. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he fucking like jerked off on <laughs> a bunch of women <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know and and if and if somebody has like I fucking hate that guy for what he did. I completely understand. Like, yeah. I, I'm not trying to convince people to, like, hey, hey give him a break. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. who wouldn't do that? Like, yeah. no, I, I mean, I'm not saying that at all. But, like, um, he definitely, if you, you know, do him out of, like, comedy level alone, like, yes, he um, he understood comedy. He understood, he understood a lot of, like, the things that kind of go forgotten now. Like, you know, where, like, the joke is the most important part of the 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 thing you know like you have to be able to say something funny <laughs> mm-hmm. and i and i know that sounds silly like cuz obviously you're trying to tell a joke but i think a lot of comedians like tell like too much like filler and i, th- I he's no filler like he's all like all killer. he he is he is I mentioned him once before where, like, I was talking about, like, he is the difference. Like, I don't think he does or says anything that's that much different than, like, a a Joe Rogan. And a lot of people that like Joe Rogan might like his comedy, too. But I think the difference is he understands where when to say it, how to say it, you know, what part of the show to say this. Like, what, what like he understands all those things and and that's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, this is how other people are doing it. This is how Louis does it and you have mm-hmm. to do it like how how it can, how like what works for you and to come across as like a genuine comedian. Anyways, um yeah, he's really really good. That's all I got on him. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess like the big thing was somebody said like back in the day he was born in Mexico City. I'm looking at it. I guess he was actually born in Washington DC. So Mexicans, oh. we can't claim him. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but anyways, uh, you're number five. Uh, my number five, this is a guy, I think, you know, if if it was a where comedy is today, like, as of today, I would say he's, like, the number one guy, in my opinion, of of active comedy, active guys that are, like, on there. I don't think there's anyone that's, like, outdueling this guy, and it's, it's Stavros. Stavros and Stobby World all of the shit he does, all the podcasts that he's on, he's never been on a podcast where he's the second funniest guy. He's always the funniest guy. Like he's outdueled himself. Like, you know, he, 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 he's been on podcasts where like, dude, all right, here we go, dude. It's going to be like these two guys. Let's see who's funnier. And he's consistently that guy. Um, it is 
really impressive. He reminds me a lot, actually, of Louis C.K. in that sense, where he, uh. where he, uh, um, he fucking understands that you need to make fun of yourself. Like you need to like point out your weaknesses in order to make them strengths. And he does that. He's very candid with his podcast, like the Stobby's World. He talks about shit that is like really deep and at the same time it's like you're laughing your ass off because it's like like everybody has those insecurities and that's what makes it so funny sometimes the relatability yeah it's only funny because it's true kind of thing yeah yeah yeah. and i i think that i i guarantee you listen to the stobby's world podcast like i've played it for my girlfriend who does not like that style of comedy where it's it's a little raunchier it's a little dirtier but even she like fucking laughs her ass off whenever we're, we're in a long drive and we're listening to him because he's fucking hilarious. And I've only heard, like, one or two episodes where I'm like, this isn't that good. And not because of him, but because of his, like, he'll have some comedian on there, some, like, whack-ass, like, comedian that, like, I don't know, his podcast network forced him to have on there to promote whatever <laughs> TV show they were on. I got a book. Yeah. yeah, and this is, like, and he tries to hold it down every time, and it's fucking hilarious. Um, I know that he had Come Town, and a lot of people know him from Come Town, but he was the star of Come Town, like, Nobody was doing like even once Come Town disbanded, all the other podcasts that came from the Come Town crew, like it's nowhere near at like it literally shows you like you remember that basketball team that LeBron James was on when he was in high school? Oh yeah, <laughs> and they were like winning all these championships. St. Mary's, yeah, yeah, and it's like, dude, come on, like LeBron James goes off to like the NBA and like becomes like you know one of the all time great NBA players and those fucking four other dudes just like <laughs> own fucking work, work or like the manager at fucking Denny's now or some <laughs> shit you know like that's to me the difference between that like Stavros is the LeBron James on that t- team like you're seeing him like he consistently kills it like and like he's doing some acting now which is like hilarious I don't know I just I I I challenge anyone to find a, a, a funnier i guess up and comer not up and comer because he's been doing it for at least the last 10 years current, now but current yeah. comedian like active comedian that's like going at it right now and he's i've seen his stuff and <clears throat> it is funny and it does get me excited like i go through these like um lulls like where like i get sick of podcasts so like i'll like you know per- binge and purge things out you know my uh my lineup and that's like one like I'm scared to get into because it might like replace some of my favorite podcasts. And it's like you know what? If I start dedicating this, then these other guys got to go to the wayside. Yeah. So it's like one of those things like <laughs> choosing what children I got because the way you and Ross like hype them up is like oh dude this. Well, the first time I heard him, I heard him on Come Town, and on Come Town, I was like, this is wacky. Like this guy, like, and I didn't even know which one it was that was consistently funny. I just thought the whole podcast was funny, and I was like, oh man, this is all right like this is pretty funny like i really like this podcast and then i saw one where like they were they were roast battling each other like they did a stand-up where like stavros and one of the other guys from from and the other guy's funny too but he did he did this fucking fucking hilarious thing where i guess like um he got his like mouth like teeth broken into like he got punched in the face so he went to the dentist and the dentist just put doll's teeth (laughs) in his mouth (laughs) <laughs> and he like he clowned on himself before anybody could clown on him 
And like it was the fun because like nothing you were gonna say was gonna be funnier than him. It was clowning. like Eminem and Eight Mile. It was exactly that, dude. And it was like he's like, here I am, fucking, I'm the dude with doll's teeth in my mouth, and I'm fucking clowning on your. Like it was just like, fucking the greatest like thing I've ever seen. Ever since then, I've just been like, this guy is like, the sky is the limit to where this guy can go. I'm so, excited yeah. to delve into that when I. <laughs> you should just skip Come Town because Come Town like. I actually don't even think Come Town's available anymore on like oh, streaming. Really? Yeah, I think you only have Stobby's World or like oh, I can't remember what the other the new. I just showed up one day and I realized all the Come Town was gone. All oh. the cum was gone. <laughs> but yeah, someone cleaned up all the cum. Yeah, yeah. So nice. All right, so my number five. Uh, this guy actually um, was going to be ten. I was going to leave my list Damn. with this big jump. Yeah, and then, and I think it's because like. And I know, like, on the Patreon, we've had our back and forth about this guy. And, like, you've made great points. And, like, I've had time, like, as I sit on the toilet to think about it. I'm like, yeah, I know, you know, art's kind of right. And But then, like, I, w- I was putting my list together. And, like, I would, like, make it a point to, like, look at, like, their whole body of work and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I really went back to, like, my days as a kid, like, watching, like, Def Comedy Jam and watching uh, Comic View on BET. Like, I was a huge fan of that as a kid. Yeah. Comic View, like some of the most underrated comedians of all time. Like, you know, and some of the biggest comedians came out of there as well. Um, but uh, this was a guy I was like, oh, yeah, like back in like 92 before like his hit show that we'll talk about, like probably that he's known for uh, came out. Like he was already like killing it, like as like an 18 year old on Def Comedy Jam, you know, as a young prodigy, you know, then he comes up and, you know, he's doing like all these movies and kind of just was not getting his due. In 98 comes out with a classic, you know, stoner movie, Half Baked. And it wasn't until, mm-hmm. like, Chappelle's show comes out on Comedy Central that everyone was just like, oh. You know, because during this time period, like, Chris Tucker was, like, you know, bred to be, like, the next Chris Rock or, you know, Eddie Murphy kind of thing. And, like, he had his Friday but then like, and then Rush Hour. But then, like, everything after that kind of just, like, fell apart for him. And, oh, yeah, he was on Epstein's plane. Um, <laughs> but it yeah. wasn't until like you know Dave Chappelle comes out where he's like, no, I'm the next guy. I'm yeah. the next guy to take that torch, you know, from Chris Rock and Eddie Murphy and carry c- comedy for you know a few few more years or whatever until I have a mental breakdown and have to go to Africa, yeah, <laughs> and shit. Uh, but yeah, kind of like uh, in a way, kind of like a Dr. Dre and as, as well because he's a guy that puts out Bill Burr. He's a guy that puts out Patricia O'Neill. He's he's you know. Eddie Murphy's younger brother or older brother, I think, fucking Charlie Murphy, yeah. turns fucking Rick James into a fucking household name, yeah. creates the best sketch comedy program of all time, and then somehow, some way, transitions that into now people are saying that he's the best stand-up comedian of all time. Oh, and I'm that... and I'm with you, Art. <laughs> I'm with you on Art. I think his sketch comedy yeah. is far and beyond, you know, a stand-up comedy, and his stand-up comedy yeah. is pretty solid i'm not gonna say that it's bad or anything like that but like just an all-around funny guy and you mentioned earlier in one of your other comedians goes on to saturday night live and he's like literally the only host that can get me to watch saturday night live now and still make it funny yeah yeah Yeah, okay so a couple of things one i think that his when i was in high school when we were in high school we were in high school same era so um the Chappelle show one of the most influential things you couldn't a Chappelle show would come out on like a Thursday night. Everybody Friday was talking about it all fucking 
day long, you know, skeet, 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 like whatever it was that yeah. it was really influential. I do think that his his stand up has been okay to bad. And I do think that that's where he's consistently been at with the stand up comedy where it's like that was okay or bad. And I that's why I I knock on him as much as I do because of that because I don't think his stand up is that great. I think his best that one where he's in the green jumpsuit or whatever like back in the day um that one was like one of his better ones and that one i think it was just it was good it was it was all right it was it wasn't like anything to write home about but like you know especially now i think he's put out like some really lame to really bad like comedy and i think that's where like my division is like i separate the the yeah i grew up with that guy and i i I still think the Chappelle show was really, really good to where like, I think his comedy in general is not that great. And like, um, but I mean, I respect the Chappelle show and I think half bake was really fun. It was, a you know, you couldn't be our age without like watching that. And I think that there's a lot of nostalgia factor. Like there's a lot of people our age that still put on like whatever his, his special is and remember how funny he was back then and hope that he's still that funny now. And I just, I don't think he's, that funny now like i just think he's he's lost it he's lost a step you know like this is like shaq might have been one of the best centers of all time but if shaq goes on in right now like yeah. he's probably getting clowned by like you know half the cent and i think that and and i see what you mean there but at the same time for me it's just like i look at the legacy i look at the work that he did before Chappelle show yeah. you know like i said like with the the deaf comedy jam even like his appearances on shows like he was a part of like dr cats you know, I YouTube that. And I was like, "Damn, that was so fucking." No, 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 and, and I think he's, I think he's really, really good. I also don't think that he had the best sketch comedy. Like, I, I, but I do think that everything that he's done has been, like, good at the very least. I do think his m- newer ones have been bad. Like, mm-hmm. and and yeah, that's tough to judge on. Like, because I think that, like, you know, if that's the standard, then Cat Williams shouldn't have made my list because Cat Williams. Hasn't had a stand-up special in a in a minute. In he's a been deal- yeah, he's been <laughs> dealing with like all this like personal drama and like like. But to me, just Cat Williams just means more to me because like he, yeah, he was that dude and, that. And I respect that, but it's just like as I put him at number ten, and then I kept looking at him like, well, I can't put Hannibal Buress above Dave Chappelle yeah, yeah. because it's just like Dave Chappelle's com- comedy from you know whether it be the nutty when he played Reggie on the Nutty Professor or was pl- fucking Joe on Con Air like these little things that like stick out I'm like oh yeah dude that I have to put him above these people because yeah, it's yeah. just like so much more and it's just like I get so much joy out of everything that he's done to that point his newer specials I'm yeah it's not you know classics but like I still like oh yeah that I like that or like you know there's this or that or whatever that I took from it so it's just like I thought five was like a solid landing ground for Dave Chappelle. And it's just like, you, you can't take away Chappelle show. I mean, if that's all he ever did, he I think he would still deserve a spot on my list just because I think Chappelle show is just that strong of a show. Uh-huh. And never mind too, like he also wrote for Chris Rock. Like, I, I think that's another thing that needs to be said about some of these comedians. Like, you know, you look at a Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor had fucking people writing for him, like Red Fox and things like that. Or it might have been the other way around, but like even Christopher Rock, you know, had like Wanda Sykes, Chappelle writing for him. And then even going back to that, like Eddie Murphy, like, you know, he had people writing for him and, and what's and whatnot too. So it's not, it's sometimes it's a, it's a team effort. Mm-hmm. And you, you, and from that team effort, a lot of that gets spun out to people's own careers and whatnot. 
And that's where you get like that torts, you know, passing, you know, it was just like, Hey, I'm done writing for you, Eddie Murphy. I'm Chris Rock. I'm going to go on and do my own thing kind of thing. And I think that when I look at Chappelle's legacy as well, where it's just like, Oh shit, you wrote for two of the other goats that are going to come up on my list. It's just like, Oh dude, like you, I think five is a solid landing spot for him. And that Shaq yeah, example yeah. that you, you mentioned, like, yeah, of course, Shaq's not going to play starting center for the Lakers as much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not going to yeah. be the 2000 Shaq. I, and, and I get that. I mean, it's your list. I respect it. I just, uh, I, I do think that the, uh, the, the Chappelle thing has gotten like way more like, like love than, than need be. Cause it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like three seasons of Chappelle show. He like got, he disbanded it after like season three and yeah, it was a really good, really good show. But I, I do think he lives on, off a lot from like something that happened like in really like less than seven years from when he did half baked to, to Chappelle show. And then like it, it hit that generation perfectly. Our generation was heavily influenced by him. Mm-hmm. And I I respect what he does, but I just I think that he lives a, a lot off that time period. But I mean, so do a lot of other comedians. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, All right, number four. Art. Uh, my number four. This is a total personal one. I don't think this guy's gonna make a list on a lot of other people, but I do think that without this guy, an Eric Andre would not be possible. And that's Tim Heidecker. He did. He's fifty percent of the Tim and Eric comedy. You know you know, television show, Tom goes to the mayor, all those things, Tim Heidecker and, um, and, and Eric, right. From Tim and Eric, like, but I think Tim is really the, the, the driving force of like the wacky zany part of, of the comedy thing. And he does solo comedy, stand up comedy, which he does the most difficult style of comedy, in my opinion, where it's like physical bit comedy, which is, is, one he has a comedy special that's free on YouTube, so I welcome everyone to watch it. It's definitely not for everyone, but he basically does comedy from the point of view of a bad comedian, and is it's it's a great comedian pretending to be a bad comedian and doing it better than like most comedians. And it is one one of the most difficult things I've ever seen. I think his like off the wall zany editing style, like. You know, which I don't want to say Eric Andre later on rips off on the Eric Andre show, but like he kind of does. And Eric Andre has kind of, you know, said that later on, like, you know, Tim and Eric talked to me and said, you know, you got a lot of talent, um, like free, free to do what you're doing. We don't think you're ripping us off. And like, I respect that. I respect that he wasn't all like, Hey, you're fucking biting my style, Eric Andre. Mm-hmm. Like, I really respect that. I, 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 I think that that. Tim and Eric show and Tom goes to the mayor and pretty much all the things that they've been involved with uh, have been comedy gold. And I think his, his stand up special, again, one of the most difficult things as I was watching it, I was like, how the fuck did he come up with this shit? Some of the stuff he doesn't even have control over, like what the audience is going to say. And he like just fucking improvs it. He, he improvs the microphone stand breaking, like just different things like that. Where it's just like, this is, this is what a comedian is all about. And, you know, he has a bunch of writing credits all over the place. Like he's written for so many, for, for so many comedy TV shows, worked with Eric Andre. He was in, um, um, the movie us with Jordan Peele, good friends with like Jordan Peele and, and that crew of comedians. Like I just, I think that he's, he's super underrated. I hope he gets more props him and Eric, you know, Tim and Eric are kind of a comedy team together, but, in my opinion, he's the 
the bigger star of the two. So, uh, Tim Heidecker, my number four. Nice. Um, <clears throat> my number four, again, it was one of those ones where he started off as an honorable mention just because of uh, he closed out uh, the original Kings of Comedy. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was like, that was to this day, that's still like Cedric the Entertainer. No. <laughs> to this day, that's still like one of my favorite like comedic sketch or comedic um, sets of all time, you know, is that closing uh, scene from or closing set from the original Kings of Comedy. Uh, but then, like, you know, as I was looking through, you know, his like, you know, body of work, I mentioned it earlier. I grew up watching like Comic View on BET as well as Deaf Comedy Channel. Like, that, those were like my shits. Like, that was like mm-hmm. an everyday thing. And the king of that, the Deaf Comedy Channel, was Bernie Mac. And I mean, he had like that catchphrase, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Like, he was like that original guy of like, he will say anything kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just saying it to be raunchy or whatever, but like, he was saying some shit there. And it would be something super serious, but he would turn it into something funny. And it's just like he's one he's like the difference that you were talking about, like with like a Louis C.K. Like he's he wasn't saying anything that anybody else wasn't saying. But I think during like that era of like, you know, comic view, like there was a lot of comedians, you know, especially like African American comedians where it's like the difference between black people and white people is this. Bernie Mac wasn't playing that game. He was just like shooting straight and like just talking straight to your soul. And he wasn't saying anything per se that anybody else out there outside of the, you know, comic view, deaf comedy jam world wasn't saying, but like the way he would say it, like his delivery, like it was the difference between like, huh, that's funny. And like, just literally like dying laughing mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like he, I think only him and maybe like Chris Rock and Eddie Murphy have been able to do that to me where it's just like, Oh my God. Like you just laugh continuously for minutes you know, and as he's telling another joke, you're still thinking about the other joke kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Then, he, I mean, he would go on. I mean, and th- and this is what really, like, catapulted him from being, like, an, maybe an honorable mention to being, like, oh, shit, like, you're you're above Dave Chappelle kind of thing. Every fucking role that he had, like, in every single movie, he stole that scene. Whether you're talking about Friday, whether you're talking about more money with Above the Rim. Uh, fucking booty call like every fucking movie like in the 90s it seems like life like this motherfucker mm-hmm. was like in every single movie in the fucking 90s and he stole every fucking scene mm-hmm. then fast forward like he has the Bernie Mac show which I mean is not the funniest show but it was all based around that fucking last bit you know in the original Kings of Comedy where it was all about his family and I still see that show like on syndication and I'll sit down and watch it and I'm like damn what a fucking tragedy to lose that guy so early. So it's just like Bernie Mac for me, like number four, like all the way around. Like when you talk about movies, fucking, you know, uh, and I know podcasts. Mr. Been, 300. <laughs> even that movie was great. Um, but like podcasts weren't even a thing, but like in the bonus features, like on the original Kings of Comedy, like in just like a conversational setting, like he is the funniest m- person in a room full of comedians. And like, to me, it's just like, Oh dude, I got to put Bernie Mac at number four. Yeah. I actually don't know that much about Bernie Mac. I know, uh, the Bernie Mac show. I know that he did, you know, that the comedy tour, the original Kings of comedy. And then I know Mr. 300. <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> 3000 or Mr. 3000. Sorry. Where he's like trying it. Apparently like one of the baseballs didn't count, whatever. It's kind of a random concept for a movie, but, yeah. You know what? It's stuck. I yeah. remember it. And now yeah. it's on now it's engraved in the podcast forever. But there you go. Um yeah, that that's definitely that's definitely in there. 
Um, all right, my number three comedian. Uh, this is this is where it like really becomes like really these these like next three guys are pretty personal, I guess. Uh, number three, a season sorry to me is like a dude that like revitalized the stand up game uh, for a while. Like his Netflix specials were fucking gold. Like I remember like just hanging out with friends and like getting together and like fucking. I remember that eating pizza and like having beers, watching a season sorry stand ups and just laughing our asses off. Like he he made stand up cool again in a time period where like stand up was like pretty much dead. Like nobody was doing like people started doing like Dimitri Martin style comedy where it was like which isn't bad, but at the same time like it was getting too hipster. Yeah, I w- I would actually say is bad. Like I cannot stand Dimitri Martin. Like I don't like that shit. I didn't, I didn't, that is like some other like weird subgenre of, of style of comedy. And I get it. There's people that like that stuff. But to me, this was like fucking the purest shit. Like this is like someone just fucking killing it on stage all over again. One dude in a fucking suit telling fucking funny jokes all over. Like that. this is the core of comedy right here. And he was killing it. Comedy special after comedy special, you know, eventually does, um, uh, Parks and Recreation, where he plays a character. He does Master of None. He does all kinds of things. Like he's just to me, he's just amazing. Like he's shown, has shown range with what style of comedy he can do, and and he talked about that. Like in his most current special, I don't know if you've seen his most current special, where he goes back to the comedy club where he grew up when he was in college, and he basically does kind of a surprise set for everybody where it's a college comedy room and he basically goes up there and does like 45 minutes of comedy and fucking kills it and does one of the funniest jokes about Ice Cube, which like I don't want to spoil the joke because if you haven't seen that one, just go watch it. It is one of the funniest things. I can never see Ice Cube the same way because of that. Aww. Because it's of like that. fifty. The joke he does about fifty cents. The, 50 cent, the grapefruit. grapefruit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much like that. At the end, he does admit that that was not a true story, but oh, okay. it is fucking hilarious. Like, it is one of the coolest things too because he like literally films it at the place where he grew up, and at the end, you get to see like like 30 seconds of him doing comedy from like his college age where he's like a little dude and he's still a little dude, but he was a littler dude back then. But, um, yeah, I, I absolutely amazing comedian. His standups are all amazing. His standups are all the kind of standups that you can just fucking like get some fucking chicken wings and watch it with your girl at the end of the night kind of thing. Amazing. I, I love that guy. I think, you know, in Parks and Rec, what can you say about Parks and Rec? Like, he's fucking amazing in that. That's a show I just, like, I'm not going to say discover, but just finally got into and whatnot. Like, I know, like, for years, people were like, oh, you like The Office? What do you think about Parks yeah. and Rec? And I'm like, ah, oh, that never really stuck. Like you, yeah. like, I've seen a couple episodes and, you know, but, you know. Oh, of uh, Better Call Saul or whatever? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you with Breaking Bad kind of thing. Yeah. And just hadn't stuck yet. But lately, you know, because of YouTube TV, that's my cable provider now. It like plays like shit like that. Like, oh, you watch The Office for four straight hours. How about you watch some Parks and Rec? Yeah, it's like it algorithms you into that. And I've been watching. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see what all the hype yeah. is. Yeah, I would say get through season one. Season one is the worst one. Oh yeah, there's, I definitely there's agree. Characters yeah. that don't even make it there for the following seasons. But once you get into it, it is really, really good uh, and consistently good after that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I, I gotta say, like, he is a bright spot on that. Yeah, he, he definitely is a bright spot on there. I I love the way that they 
they let him kind of write his own character, mm-hmm. and I love I love that. I think he's amazing, super underrated comedian. Um, uh, and then yes, definitely check out his newest comedy special. I wish I would have written down the comedy specials. I'm really terrible with comedy special names, um, but yeah, he's he's up there for me. He's he's my number three guy. Is season sorry. Um, my number three guy, um, I almost forgot about him. <laughs> That's why I had oh, to like wow. Google a bunch of lists and whatnot. And I was like, oh yeah, I was really into this guy's comedy. Uh, and then like going back, you know, you said that earlier this morning, that's what you were listening to was Cat Williams this morning, like the gym. That's what I was listening to was, uh, this guy. So, um, he blew up a lot, like in the early two thousands. I mean, he had been doing stuff. Um, there was. So concurrently, um, on Saturday nights, so all throughout the week, it would be like Def Comedy, reruns of Def Comedy Jam and uh, Comic View on BET during the week. And on Saturday nights after SNCC, um, for whatever reason, and mind you, I don't speak Spanish. Um, I know very little. Uh, but my dad, when he would be over, he would put on you know Telemundo and we watch Pocos Perro Locos or whatever, right? And this is one of the guys that would be on there. And, yeah, you would have, like, your Paul Rodriguez's on there and then, like, whatever, you know, cholo comedian would be on there. But this guy would always get up on there, and he would kill it. And he would kill it because he would talk about, like, just real life. Like, he wasn't telling, like, dick and fark jokes. Like, he was, like, telling stuff that from, like, a perspective, like a Southern California perspective, like, everyone could relate to or whatever, right? Whether it was talking about the calendar that came from, like, the bread shop <laughs> or whatever or, like, his grandma that was, like, an asshole to him or whatever, right? And that number three comedian for me is George Lopez. And I know a lot of people harp on him now because, like, I guess he's hating on some newer, you know, Mexican comedian. But, like, during, like, his prime, like, that, like, to me, like, he's still, like, the funniest, like, Mexican comedian. And, like, everything that he says about, like, what he, like, him growing up. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's true, like, from, like, a Mexican household. But, like, everything that, like, he says, like, about, like, some of his relatives especially like his grandma, like I'm like, dude, that's my mom, my white ass mom, you know, who also grew up like in a Mexican neighborhood as well. So it's just like, it's funny because like I look back with that, at like his comedy and like, it's endearing because it's like, oh dude, like you're, you're talking about my life kind of thing and like making it fucking hilarious. Like even like one of his specials is called team leader where like his family is just like, Hey, like go talk to the doctor. Like you're a team leader at fucking target. Like go put on your vest and talk to the, like, like that would like my family would do that shit to me. Like, Hey, you're fucking, you got a fucking, you got a, you're a trainer at target. Go talk to them. Not like in a Mexican accent, but like, we'd be like, go, go, go ask the lawyer for this. Like they'll respect you more. Like, it's just like everything that he said. And then like fast forward a little bit later on, I remember like when all of my friends started to move out of their parents' house and you know, we didn't have cable and whatnot at first. Uh, we would listen to like George Lopez's specials, like, you know, whether we were like going to Taco Bell, like in the car or, you know, watching them on an early incarnation of like YouTube, like on the TV and shit and like just making food and like hanging out with friends. Like you were talking about with like Aziz and Zari, like I had that for like a whole like five, six year period with like friends, like where we would just watch George Lopez specials and then talk about everything that he was talking about that happened in our family that he was talking about. And then like, maybe it's just a Southern California thing, but it was just like, dude, like he, like he just nailed like that time period just perfectly. Yeah. I, I know that. I mean, he's got like Lopez versus Lopez. Now is his new TV show and the George Lopez show. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really got into him. Uh, it's just never really been my cup of tea. Um, 
but uh yeah i mean he's 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 uh he's i mean he's a comedy staple dude like i i don't really have anything bad to say about him mm-hmm. just never really been my cup never he's, been my style of comedy i mean i'm not gonna have tim heidecker on here and then also be like george lopez like <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like i don't know like um yeah i, I don't know it, i i have nothing bad to say about him i he's he's good he's definitely like you know oh he also had like lopez tonight is that still a thing no it, it got canceled but, oh okay it's like but, the magic but, hour. But, but yeah yeah but like <laughs> but better. Um, but you know, yeah, again, like I said, a lot of these people that I have on my list, like they did other things besides stand up comedy. And it's just like, he had like that sitcom show. Like yeah. he didn't have like Mexicans that without playing like a fucking stereotype or whatever. Right. Like he played like an actual, like dad on that show or whatever. Right. Yeah. And a lot of it was like spinoffs of like his specials and stuff like that, like the storylines for that. So like you recognize that, and again, there was a lot of like familiarity with it. So like, I appreciated that as well as Lopez for tonight. Like, it's just like, that's cool to see like a Mexican dude, like being like a late night host, not just like on Telemundo or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like it was just like legit, like toe to toe with like David Letterman. And it's just like, oh yeah, I'd rather see him talk to Prince because he was a legit fan of Prince. And you yeah. look up those interviews with like him and Prince and they actually had like this like fucking legit like friendship and like uh-huh. it was cooler to see him like talk shop with Prince than it would be like fucking Jay Leno over here and shit. Yeah. I never saw that show though. He had Deftones on Lopez tonight though. Yeah, he which did. Which is pretty cool. I mean, I saw did like Letterman and all those guys, but still very cool that that uh that they were on there in the short time that Lopez tonight was going on. Um but yeah, I I know his I know his uh his TV shows, um, and I've seen a little bit of his stand up, but like, um, but I guess I don't know that much about him. Like, it never, never really something I, I gravitated towards, but I know a little bit. I, I know a little bit of his stuff. Um, I know he has a show now called Lopez versus Lopez. Yeah. It gets advertised <laughs> a lot on <laughs> Peacock Network. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. oh, here we go. Lopez versus Lopez, dude. Yeah. With his daughter, I think. Yeah. Anyways, your number two. Uh, my number two. Um, this was like a, a. I just needed to figure out where I was gonna put him on here. When I started making this list, I mean, my number one was my number one. It was that was number one. I didn't have to question where this one was. Um, this one I, I thought it was too low at first, and it was. I was like, nah, it's not that high. But uh, I, I had to put him on here. It was just one of the most influential uh, comedians I've ever come across. Um, I remember listening to when once like uh Apple Music became a thing, he was like the first one that I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna go through and like listen to all his like weird shit. And I know you mentioned that podcasts are a new thing, but when you listen to his his stand up, it almost seems like they're podcasts, like because they're so old. And it's Richard Pryor. Mm. Uh, to me, Richard Pryor, you listen to his old stuff. Like, it, there's one where he talks about like. How uh, he was working at, at like this like mob, like restaurant or something like that, and he t- he's telling that story, and there's jokes in there. There's jokes in the middle of all that, but it almost seems like that's a story that would got would have got told on like the Joe Rogan podcast, or, like when he has a comedian on there. Like that's not something that flies too much as comedy now, like stand up comedy. Like he's not talking so much about dating or anything like that, but I think he was. I don't want to say ahead of his time, but like he was. Oh, he was. Yeah. He, he 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 did things that were like way more aggressive, and like the N word 
became a really big like point in in like the you know later on like deaf comedy jam type of thing and he was before all that he was before the deaf comedy jam era he yeah he set the standard yeah, yeah. and and if you watch like the deaf comedy jam thing or whatever it became like this more like this is the standard like richard pryor is the standard to to what like other comedians become later on i almost right. he to me in my opinion He's almost like you can. I think Jordan was on here a couple of episodes ago, and he's like, "I didn't. I don't fuck with the Beatles or whatever." And that's cool. Like, if you don't fuck with the Beatles, to me, he is like the Beatles of rock and roll, where it's like you might not fuck with it, like it's fine, but you gotta respect but, it. Yeah, and even if you don't, like, how many artists were influenced by the Beatles? Like, it's like the ripple effect is humongous, and mm-hmm. what he did. Like to me, there is no deaf comedy jam without Richard Pryor. Hundred percent. And all the comedians that were born from, like you mentioned, uh, Bernie Mac and all that. Like, is that even possible without Richard Pryor doing that? Going on like the whitest people's TV shows and doing what he did in front of like he was on like fucking like the Ed Sullivan show and all this (laughs) like weird shit that was like nobody was doing what he was doing. Where he was just like fuck did that guy just say the n-word like is that guy saying what we think he's saying is he saying like is he talking about police brutality in like a comedic way like Mm -hmm. it's like it was not something that was okay to do way ahead of its time i feel like it's it's if if somebody came out and those specials came out today they would just be like i don't want to say they would just be passable but they would be they would still be explicit, but not like the most extreme stuff today. Mm-hmm. But he, in his time period, yeah, in his, in his time period, it was like holy shit, dude! Like this guy's saying things that should not be said during like the Reagan administration. <laughs> you know, like this is a time period where everyone's trying to to like be like the the original "Make America Great Again" era. You know, and he was coming out there and saying some extreme shit and being really funny at it. I do think that he took on a lot of like weird acting roles uh probably more for money than for any other reason yeah but um and i think that's what like soured it a little bit for me like i just don't want to just put them on a bit i mean you're absolutely right like when it comes to stand-up comedy like it's hard to say that like there is anybody that has done it better has been more influential than him like it's just like he is like the black sabbath (laughs) to comedy that black sabbath is to you know heavy metal it's just like you don't get any of that without him oh no absolutely like yeah black sabbath is a really good example where it's like black sabbath you listen to it now and it's like you know compared to like a you know a gojira it's tamed but like really is there a gojira without is without a black sabbath like it's really tough to say like it, it's really really tough to say because he opened the doors for for things that weren't even possible like on television or for stand-up comedy like this dude was cussing on his stand-up comedy and saying things that were just not okay, even for black comedians. Black comedians weren't really saying the N-word, like, on their stand-up specials. Like, it was just, like, not okay to do. And he he took it and ran with it, and, like, it was his calling card. And you knew, like, Richard Pryor show, it was, it was going to be storytelling, but it was going to be, like, funny stories. It was more funny stories. That's the other thing about his comedy. That's, like when he lit himself on fire after doing crack? Yeah, it, it was... <laughs> pretty fucking wild shit dude like i don't know i think he's i hope he never becomes like forgotten in the comedy world for what he did with with his comedy specials even the really poorly recorded ones from like the Mm -hmm. late 60s and shit like but the dude just 
is is a fucking pillar. If there is a Mount Rushmore, like to me, it's like yeah. you can say what you will about all the other guys, but that guy has to be on it. Oh yeah, like that guy is like that's the George. Sure. Wa- like that's, he he owns the George Washington spot. Yeah, it's like that, you yeah. got to put him on there because he's just to me like ahead of his time. Like even some of his like he has some weird like stand-up recordings if you go on like apple music where it's like it's literally just him more talking than anything else and they feel like podcasts like they're not it's not even hard to listen to them because it almost feels like him talking and just being funny and it's mm-hmm. just like this kind of cool like, again another person that could be you know like it like andy kaufman could be its own topic or whatever there's so many like you know peaks and valleys there that you can talk about you know <laughs> yeah no absolutely yeah even like his life like like i didn't know this like until last night but i guess like he was a closeted bisexual, you know, had relationships with Marlon Brando. Oh and, shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, like it's, you know, uh yeah, again, like I said, it's another, you know, that's a topic for another time kind of thing, but like yeah, definitely like again, probably one of the most influential comedians of all time, if not the most influential comedian of all time. It does suck that I I do have regret remorse not putting him on my list, but I understand why I didn't kind of thing, but because it's more of a personal thing, but it's just like, yeah, that that thing is like that respect there is like at the highest. That's a hundred percent respect right there. Yeah, he's he's he is so incredible. Much so, too, so much so too, like his his comedy influenced not only comedians but people outside of his genre too. So like I mean, The Rock he mentions that he wouldn't even have a career in pro wrestling if it wasn't for Richard Pryor because he was basically his shtick was just re repackaging old Richard Pryor material. You know when he would do promos like in WWF back in the day. Yeah, I remember I saw this thing with um, uh, Seth Rogen and like Jonah Hill. Like uh, I think it was super bad when they were putting that all together, and and I think they were doing like a collection of movies at that time period. But particular that movie, they used to talk about how like to get in the mood of like putting scenes together and all this shit. Like they would just put on his stand-up in the background so they can all, like, get in the mood of, like, being funny and, like, like getting in that mindset. And, like, that's that's pretty, like, like that's p- pretty honorable, the fact that, like, the one that they all just wanted to hear was, was Richard Pryor to hear in the background and, like, listen to Richard Pryor stuff so they can, yeah. like, get in a funny kind of mood or whatever. So, I don't know. Really, really influential, even, like, in movies like that. Oh, yeah, 100%. All right, so that was your number two? That was my number two. Oh, wow, okay. So my number two, and if I'm thinking how your mind works, I'm pretty sure I know what your number one is, so we might be able to combine this. Let me know if I'm wrong. But my number the, two is... The salty Poppy or whatever. What is that guy? <laughs> um, <laughs> the Gringo Poppy? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my number two... Uh, <laughs> British. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, my number two... Um, could easily be my number one uh, is Chris Rock again. Yeah, it's when, my number one for sure. These next two, um, when I talk about like the complete package, stand-up comedy, I, it's hard to say there's anyone that does it better. His last comedy, you, you said this about Dave Chappelle. His last few haven't been hitting it for you or whatever, right? And I can see where you're coming from it with the, that. Chris Rock's latest one is right up there with even like bring the pain, you know, like that he did like that whole thing about the Will Smith thing and whatnot. Like he's fucking pushing 60 and he still sounds as fresh as he did when he was 20, you know? And then you, you, you parlay that into, you know, his movie career, fucking stellar, you know? And then also too, like, I mean, he had fucking music videos on MTV, 
you know, yeah, yeah. obviously it was like you know, doing bigger parody. and blacker, yeah. Yeah. But even then, it's like to me, it's it's the fact that music comedy, like Aquafina, made the list because she does stuff like that. I I I grew up on that. Bigger and blacker to me was like mm-hmm. a, a big deal. Like uh, no sex in the champagne room. Yeah. Like that to me, I still fucking listen to no sex in the champagne room. Hundred percent. Like to me, it's that stand up of uh bring the pain like i we had greg edwards come on here and yep. he he talked about how he felt his last special before that one was not that good so he would just wake up and watch rocky and like to get in the mood to like like he was getting ready to fight and like he he wanted to be an, an like aggressive on that pot on that, on that podcast on that uh stand up special and he is aggressive on that stand up special that is like hard hitting like bring the pain stands up today like you can put that on and i pound for pound believe that that is like the greatest comedy special of all time oh yeah it's it's hard to beat that one yeah yeah i mean it becomes the blueprint to what i said with a season sorry a season sorry is nothing without chris rock he talked about how his stand-up special like why a season sorry wears like those suits on stage and all that thing they're all homages to chris rock his whole timing and thing He's like I I was funny before Chris Rock but I you know that timing is Chris Rock like and it's true you listen to a season sorry that's Chris Rock Chris Rock's timing and a joke telling ability nobody and I I no one on this on this list you know has it the way that he has it where it's like fuck this dude tells the best fucking timing jokes ever and his delivery too like when you hear like chris rock's like normal like speaking voice it's Mm -hmm. like a totally different person but like when he's on stage and he's got like that that whole spiel going i'm not even gonna attempt to do that fucking impression because i can't but like it's it's like it's it's like in pro wrestling where like the best characters are just amplifications of like their real personality. No, it's not like the guy that's pretending that he's a minotaur or whatever, right? No, like no, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, who is just you know, st- you know Steve Williams turned up to eleven. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Chris Rock when he's on stage, and like that also was just like I fought, like fall in love with him, where it's just like oh shit, everybody's like ready to hear about like you know that Will Smith slap or whatever, right? And I've heard him like talk about it, like you know, like in you know, conversational forum. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, you wouldn't have done that if I was Jason Momoa or whatever. But like when he tells it in his special and he's just like, and even like his mic drop moment where he's just like, you committed the number one crime where it's like, you don't act like that in front of white people. Like, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like fucking hilarious. Like he just nails it. Like, right. Like it's like playing darts. Like he hits the bullseye every time he did. Um, what's the Netflix comedy? Um, like, I don't know. Netflix had that one like comedy festival that they were doing, and it was it was slated to go to happen right after the um, the whatever award show where he got slapped on. Yeah, and it was it was in Boston that that. Anyways, so he's doing Boston that weekend, and he comes out and like the first thing he says is like, "So did anything anything wacky happen to you guys this weekend?" And like. Like right away, it was a clear shot at the whole Will Smith thing. He uh, he just gets it. Like I I don't understand, like 
you know, if Richard Pryor's in the Mount, Mount Rushmore, this guy's, like, right next to him, in my opinion. Because, like, he's just... I, I don't understand how somebody can, like, watch his shit and not, like, fucking laugh their ass off. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have things today like Kevin Hart, which, to me, are just, like... Rip-offs. Rip-offs, like, fucking castrated versions of, of Chris Rock. Um, uh, to me, this is... This is the fucking comedy gold right here. Like to me, this is, this, this is the guy that, uh, that, that sets the standard. Like you know, if 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 you can't come close to 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 bigger and blacker or bring the pain or something like that, like, come on, dude, that that should be your goal every time. Like this guy's the fucking Michael Jordan. Like yeah, there were dudes. They were dudes before him. If Richard Pryor is like Dr. J or whatever, this guy's fucking Michael Jordan. Like this guy set the standard, reinvented what comedy should be, reinvented, you know, what what comedians should be striving towards. And not only that, but like like he kills it like in film, you know, like mm-hmm. go down like his filmography or whatever, his appearance on every single film, like whether he's playing like a crack addict in New Jack City yeah. Or you know, as fucking you know, in Madagascar or even, whatever. Right? Even in the movie Spiral, like which is supposed to be a horror movie, he starts the movie off by telling the fucking funniest like Forrest Gump joke I've ever heard, and it's just like that. Uh, to me, I, I almost felt like the movie after he tells that joke, the Forrest Gump joke, the rest of the movie is just kind of like, mm-hmm. and it's just like he's that fucking good. Yeah, and then like not only that, but Def Comedy Jam. I mean, one of my prize VHSs over there is like his like all-star appearance on Def Comedy Jams sitting literally right there mm-hmm. uh, Saturday Night Live and like yeah granted like he didn't have the most memorable stint on Saturday Night Live but you go back and it ages well I mean whether talk about CB4 or you know any of those early movies but going on forward like he's like a fucking almost like a Jim Carrey-ish figure like in Hollywood or whatever like mm-hmm. his, his credibility just keeps getting bigger and bigger kind of thing and he's done everything whether it's in front of the camera and even behind camera right mm. or even with a notepad like i mentioned earlier like he would write for heavy hitters like eddie murphy you know like mm-hmm. that was like the template you know and then yeah he would spin that off again like dave Chappelle with other talents and whatnot you know and to me like you made the comparison that he's a michael jordan to me i think like he's the closest when when you're talking about the complete package of a comedic artist like I would to make a sports, you know, comparison, like I would say like he's the Kobe Bryant to Michael Jordan or whatever, right? Which I'll spin off into my number one, which is Eddie Murphy. Now Eddie Murphy, like, as long as I've been alive, mm-hmm. there has not been a fucking time period where he has not been popular mm-hmm. or has not had some kind of fingerprint like on my life. Whether you're talking about his appearances on again, everything that Chris Rock has done, Eddie Murphy has done, but times ten or whatever, right? Eddie Murphy. Stand-up career, at 18, kills it. Gets on Saturday Night Live as a 19-year-old, kills it. Becomes the number one draw for that fucking program, right? Spins that off into a very, 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 very successful film career. I mean, some of the funniest movies of all time are Eddie Murphy fucking movies. Yeah, Go into specials, right? And this is why he lands on number one for me, where it's just like his specials, Delirious, and uh, raw, mm-hmm. like those specials are still great today, and those things are eighties as fuck. Yeah, you, you. I mean, Richard Pryor again. Where he is talks like, about Mr. T. And yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> and Michael Jackson yeah, and shit yeah. like that. Um, if if Richard Pryor is the Black Sabbath to comedy, Eddie Murphy is Metallica. 
Mm-hmm. Like he is just like the biggest to me, like the biggest comedic artist of all time because everything yeah. he touches blows up. Donkey from fucking Shrek, like my fucking kid loves that. Everything like in the early '80s, that was my mom and dad. Everything in the '90s, like mm-hmm. the Muddy Professor and shit like that, that's me. So he touches three generations right yeah. there, and then even you know, like we were talking about with Chris Rock, how his latest special, you know, he still sounds as fresh today. People talk about how when Eddie Murphy is in the room with Dave Chappelle, with Kevin Hart, with Chris Rock, with, you know, back in the day, like Bernie Mac or anybody, you know, like he he's known to have like these extravagant big parties or whatever. We're all the funniest people. Everybody consistently has said the funniest person in the room is Eddie Murphy. And they are begging him. They say they beg him to get back on stage and do stand-up com- comedy or whatnot, mm-hmm. right? And he's just like, no, I don't know if I still got it or not. Fast forward to, what was it, the Oscars this past year? Mm-hmm. Where he accepts like some Lifetime Achievement Award or whatnot, right? And he makes this big, long, you know, elaborate, well-thought-out speech or whatever. And at the end of it, <laughs> he makes fun of Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a mic drop, mo- mic drop moment. And he says... And the last piece of advice I would give, you know, to anyone out there is keep my wife's name out of <laughs> your motherfucking mouth. Yeah. And just goes into full like Eddie Murphy <laughs> mode. It's just like yeah, to yeah. me, it's just like at that moment, goosebumps. I'm like, dude, you Yeah, Richard Pryor, yeah, you can make the argument that he's a goat, but for me, Eddie Murphy is the goat. Yeah. I for some reason, and I really respect everything he does, didn't make my list. I, I'm not a huge Eddie Murphy fan. Um, but he's good. I uh, don't get me wrong. I I definitely respect everything he does. Um, just for some reason, I just never really like gravitated towards the stuff he was doing. Um, but but he is good. Even like coming to America and things like that. Oh, I know coming God. to America How is I like forget about that. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's super iconic, but like I just never really like never became like the movie. And I understand like why people like it. Mm-hmm. But just never became like a thing for me. Like I, I, it's kind of weird, but I don't know why. I, I have no idea why. But I just. I mean, the guy has a fucking song with Rick James called "Party All the Time." Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just like his, you his music is fucking slapping. <laughs> I mean, I you. I mean, we were talking about fucking no sex in the champagne room. It's just again, it's just like oh here, here's yeah. I have a song with Rick James, yeah. Dave Chappelle. Like yeah. <laughs> come on, beat that. Yeah, I mean that's supposed to be a I don't want to say serious song, but it's supposed to be like oh, yeah, an definitely. attempt of of him being like a real musician. But yeah, no, he's a he's a he's he's definitely a comedic icon, like for sure, hands down. Like I mean, look at like his, the early '80s, Forty Eight Hours, Trading Places, Beverly Hills Cop, uh, Beverly Hills Cop Two, <laughs> Coming to America, Harlem Nights, fucking Boomerang. Um, I love this movie, Vampire in Brooklyn, The Nutty Professor. Then goes to Disney, Mulan. I mean, come on now. I mean, it's just like that. Yeah. If that's just your movie, if that's if that your whole career was just your movie career, like, yeah, you're done. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree. I'm not saying that he's bad or anything. I just, I, and I think that he's super iconic, and everything he's done for comedy in general is 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 a plus stuff. Um. I just, for some reason, just never really became... Same thing with, like, a George Lopez. I guess I could say the same thing about George Lopez. We're like, I don't know. I just ne- George Lopez never really, like, fucking, like, rang that bell for me, I guess. And I think that's the beauty of comedy, too. Like, to me, like, one of the biggest things, like, like for something to be funny, it has to be funny because it's true. And, like, like I was saying with, like, Theo Vaughn, like, 
I get how people like him so much, mm-hmm. but it's just not for me, you know, because it's like I'm not that type of person. That's not my truth. Mm-hmm. It's like a Theo Vaughn's comedy, and I think that's the same thing for you. Yeah, no, probably that that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I just I respect what he does, but it's it's definitely not for me. Um, did you think of any comedians you left out while doing this? I, I had some that I was like, oh man, I can't believe I forgot to bring that guy up. But. I, I think just, I mean, just Richard Pryor. I'm, I'm shocked in myself. <laughs> Here comes Jesus Fuentes coming at me because I didn't put Black Panther on my list. But I mean, yeah, I guess Richard Pryor. But it's just like, who, who am I bumping off, kind of thing, you know? And it's just like, I like, I love Richard Pryor again. Like, I love those specials, but it's just like I love, you know, everything everybody else on this list has brought just a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that list. I, I, I mean, I, I agree with that thought. I guess, I'm, I'm happy with my list. Um, I think for the most part, every comedian on here is solid. So, and that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got as well. So, guys, this was a two-hour-long show. <laughs> this was a long one. I actually had stuff to do. I got, I got to get going. But it was a good episode as well. Yeah, so. it was fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. So, guys. Hit us up on all the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America. Tell us what your favorite comedians are of all times. Nail us to the cross because we didn't mention so and so, or we didn't rank so and so high enough or low enough or whatever, whatever. Right? Start a Reddit channel, talk shit about us, just like our boy Brendan Shaw. But anyways, uh, hit us up there if you want to support this podcast, guys. Go to the Patreon over at Patreon.com/slash/ArtandJacobDoAmerica. Donate one dollar, donate two dollars, donate three dollars and fifty-five cents. I don't care. Uh, but every dollar helps support this podcast as well as you get a bonus episode every single week as well as access to now over 158 past bonus episodes which nine times out of ten are better than the actual episodes that you're hearing today for free so if you like us here you'll love us over there Uh, but with that said guys if you want to support us in any other way guys head over to the website rnjigadoamerica.com follow the merch links currently have four designs up there for your purchasing pleasure uh, it's not so much to help us monetarily, as we probably see a couple cents for every purchase made over there, but it does go a long way in helping advertise this podcast. So let's say you're over at the comedy store, you're checking out some you know, comedy at the original room or the main room or the belly room or whatever, right? Uh, somebody's going to check that out. Maybe Joe Rogan you know, makes his return back from you know, Austin, Texas from being a far right wing motherfucker. Uh, sees that, checks out our podcast, falls in love with us as well as our list, jumps on our episode, boosts our numbers and shit. Uh, that'll go a long way. So when you wear a shirt from us, you're like a walking billboard, if you will. Uh, but guys, if you want to hear other great podcasts, guys, I highly recommend hanging on over to podbelly.com where we are official members of the Podbelly Network. So uh, check us out over there as well as other great podcasts such as Hillbilly Horror Stories and our boys just down the street over here, the world-famous Sofa King. That said, Art's got some shit to do. I gotta go be a dad. I can't be like fucking Richard Pryor and set myself on fire and neglect my children and shit. So, uh, with that said, guys, goodbye and good night. Good night.